NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race. Put ourselves in position, got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Kevin Harvick wins the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington Raceway. Hell yeah, boys! Great job! NASCAR Live is brought to you by Xfinity, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. By Wheelan, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. By Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you after we've gone back racing at Darlington. Uh, what would you think about that? The Real Heroes 400 Sunday at Darlington Raceway. Kevin Harvick going back to Victory Lane as we went back to the racetrack and we got racing going Again, over the weekend, the Cup Series ran at the old track too tough to tame. On today's show, we're going to look back at the highlights and the best in-car audio from the race with the NASCAR Live backtracks. Ryan Newman was back on track Sunday after his horrifying crash at Daytona in February. We'll chat with Ryan about that and a lot more with the NASCAR Live exclusive. Matt Kenseth also returned to racing after being away from the sport for a year and a half plus. We'll hear about how his return went, and a whole lot more. Also, MRN's Alex Hayden and Jeff Striegel will stop by for a fast forum. We'll get their thoughts on NASCAR's return and what they thought about Sunday's race. Plus, we've got another edition of Two with Rusty, 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson, this week in NASCAR history, and much more. But to get us started, we check in with Kyle Ricky, the host of NASCAR Today Midday, and see what's trending in the world of NASCAR. Kyle, what do you have for us? On Sunday, all eyes of the sports world are on the NASCAR Cup Series and its return following a 71-day hiatus from the coronavirus pandemic. An empty grandstand at the Darlington Raceway was the backdrop for one of the most important races in recent NASCAR memory. The Real Heroes 400 went off with little to no problems as NASCAR safety protocols were followed diligently by industry personnel. Ending with Kevin Harvick standing in victory lane for his second win at the track too tough to tame. Harvick recalls the most unusual part of the day. The weirdest part of the day for me was getting out of the car and not hearing anybody cheering. You know, look, I, I, I've been around the steel for a long time. 
this is not like anything I've ever experienced, but I can tell you that it's very similar to, you know, coming back after 9-11. Um, but that day had, you know, just 100,000 fans in the stands and, and now you have no fans. So the practice and in the car part are, are something that we can all figure out. The part of, of, of not having any fans in the infield for, for me that kind of took some of that enthusiasm of, of the win away just because of the fact that you weren't able to celebrate with the, with the crowd. And, and so for me, that was that was really awkward because I feed off of that stuff and, and enjoy those those types of moments. And and, you know, I, for, for me, didn't really know what to say after the race because it's just a, such a unique situation that, that we're in. NASCAR will continue to race without fans and this past week announced additional races to its newly realigned 2020 schedule. After the May 27th Charlotte Cup Series race, NASCAR will race at Bristol, Atlanta, Martinsville, Homestead, and Talladega. Five Cup and Xfinity races were added at the venues along with two NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series races at Atlanta and Homestead. The Cup Series will race at Martinsville for another midweek race on June 10th. Each race will follow the safety procedures and protocols that were put into place on Sunday in Darlington as NASCAR continues to work closely with local and state health officials. NASCAR Executive Vice President and Chief Development Officer Steve O'Donnell says not only are there plans for at track, but teams must follow guidelines away from the track as well. Yeah, so what now is, is the same that's been in place prior to us even going back racing. So this wasn't a let's just show up at Darlington and race once and then we'll figure out a plan. Uh, the, the teams are all aware of what they need to do. Most, if not all, the teams have a road crew that is separate. Uh, talked to Chad Canals this morning. He has not even been in his shop, hadn't even seen the car until they unloaded. Uh, so the drivers will be in the same boat, uh, self-isolate. Um, they will report, anyone will report any symptoms um, to us through the roster. We'll be able to track that. Uh, and then we'll also have another go round when we come into the track on Wednesday, uh, when, when I'm talking about just cup, uh, to do this all over again and make sure everybody's uh, racing in a safe environment. Racing is back, which is a breath of fresh air for race fans all over the world and those that are involved in the industry. It was an important weekend for the sport of NASCAR, and it's not slowing down as racing begins to ramp up again with NASCAR's newly realigned schedule. For more on these stories and that realigned schedule, CMRN.com. I'm Kyle Rickey, and that's what's trending in NASCAR Nation. Thanks, Kyle. Coming up, we'll have this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks from Sunday's The Real Heroes 400. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So the the weather is just all over the place lately, right? One day it's hot, and the next day it's, uh, it's windy for a while. It's like, make up your mind already. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save big. Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. 
The Xfinity fastest lap in Sunday's Cup race at Darlington was turned by Kevin Harvick with a speed of 168.198 miles an hour. The Xfinity fastest lap is brought to you by Xfinity. That wasn't just fast, that was Xfinity fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. We've got the best in-car audio from Sunday's race at Darlington coming up. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The NASCAR season is back. Hi, this is Jeff Striegel. We're headed back to the track, and while fans won't be with us in person, the Motor Racing Network is setting up a virtual tailgate party. Tweet us pictures or videos of your race day setup with the hashtag NASCAR tailgate. Find us on Twitter at MRN Radio using the hashtag NASCAR Tailgate. We may feature your tailgate on upcoming MRN programs. Be a part of NASCAR's tailgate party on the Motor Racing Network. Do you have a car, truck, boat, or other vehicle that's seen better days, but you're not sure what to do with it? Turn your clunker into a chunk of change in support of children's health care initiatives when you donate it to the NASCAR Foundation. It's simple and free. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to have your vehicle towed and auctioned off. You get a tax deduction, and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds. Put your vehicle to good use for the kids by donating it today. Call 844-NASCAR-9 today. That's 844-NASCAR-9. Whelan would like to congratulate Kevin Harvick and his number four Stuart Haas Racing Pit Crew for the win at Darlington Raceway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. With 37 laps to go, Kevin Harvick brought his Ford to the attention of his pit crew for the final time. His pit selection was key to the victory. Well, I was really happy that we had the, the first pit stall. Well, that really played into our advantage. Track position was huge. Our car, our Bushlight uh, Ford was fast enough on the restarts to be able to you know, fight those guys off, and then once I got in the rhythm, I could start to pull away. But it, you know, it was, it was definitely close when we started, and I think that was our goal—just not to be in right field. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live on Sunday. NASCAR returned to action in the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. Here's how it sounded on MRN. With the best in-car audio, we call it a NASCAR Live Backtracks. No more welcome sight in the world of sports or sounds right now than the one we're hearing down from trackside as Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman will lead this field out onto the high banks of Darlington Raceway. I'm going down there, guys. Appreciate you. We're facing a lot going on, and uh, we're proud of the effort we've had so far. Glad to get back going. Do it right. I'll do my best for you. I know you guys will do. Thank you, everybody. Yes, sir. Let's have some fun today. A little bit different, but we'll just do what we got to do here. So, green flag goes in the air, and the NASCAR Cup Series is reopened. They split Sorensen midway between three and four. Johnson to the lead. Bowman to the bottom. Johnson blocks. Bowman to the top. They are going at it for the win here in segment one. Well, how about new leader, 48, clear by three. Eight to go. Jimmy Johnson spins off turn number two, slides into the inside wall down the back stretch. God dang it, I am so sorry, You're all right, man. Get it fired up and bring it here if you can. Can you get it fired? We're rolling. Straight to pit road. It's over. And the car still, it won't roll. And it's leaking oil. Yeah, it's for. We'll let the medical squad come get you. You should have a mask in your door, I believe. If not, they know the protocol. I don't want a single person on this team to get down on what just happened today. 10-4, 
We just came here and with no practice, drove to the lead and we about won the first stage. We've got a great race car. So don't you dare get stay on right now, boys. You hear me? 10-4 from up here. Yeah, guess what? We'll be back in two days. Byron gets into the wall. He slaps it very, very hard to the right side. In fact, he slowed a lot of damage to the right side of William Byron's Chevy. Had a flat tire or something. It was vibrating and it just went into three. I think we had a loose wheel. On the other side of the performance coin right now is Kyle Busch. After being a factor in the early going, he has plummeted here since the restart. I don't know what I need to go faster to fire off here. Yellow's out. I don't It won't go. Like, I get trapped on the bottom, and then when I get to the top, it just don't go anyways. I'm in way too many bad situations where I get my air dicked up, and then I lose my momentum, and then I get passed. But even when I'm going, fine. It ain't going. Like, I can't run it back down at all. Christopher Bell goes for a spin, makes slight contact with the left front corner of the red, white, and black Ream Toyota. Yeah, we'll get caught up. We'll get caught up. Make sure the tire don't come apart. Just get caught up here. Just stay down in the middle here so I can see the right front. It's going to be open next time by here. The inner liner is up. Looks like the uh, right front is flat there. Not a good pit stop for Kevin Harvick. He came to pit road number one. He exits in the eighth position. Guys, shake it off. Been flawless all day. Gonna have that every now and then. Got a long way to go here. Back at Darlington Raceway, the Money Lion Caution is on the speedway for the tenth time today for a problem in front of Dylan Welch. And it was Ryan Newman. It was just kind of a long, lazy half spin. He never really came all the way around, but uh, was definitely off the pace and, and was kind of right in the middle of the racetrack. Yes, it's a right rear flat. Pace car just picked up the floor behind him, middle one, two. You want to come in and put a right side this time? Is it uh, tearing up a crush panel? No, it's not yet. It's not shredded nothing yet. I'll just keep running. Up off turn number four, clean racetrack out of the windshield. Shannon Bednarik puts the checkered flag in the air, and Kevin Harvick wins the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington Raceway. And that'll do it. Hell yeah, boys! Great job! Great car! Thank you, guys. Awesome job! Awesome, awesome, awesome! Great job, buddy. Appreciate all your effort. Man, you guys are awesome. It's a lot of fun to come to the racetrack for y'all. And uh, take care of it here for me, just in case you want to bring this thing back on Wednesday. Simple. Congrats, man. 50 wins in this deal is, you know, it's incredible. Be awesome. That's this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks. Coming up next, Matt Kenseth will join us and talk about his return to racing. Hey there, it's Hall of Fame driver Rusty Wallace for Blue Emu. After spending nearly a quarter of a century in a race car, I know what it means to be banged up and bruised up. As Wallace spins, Wallace That's why I reach for Blue Emu products to support my muscles and joints. Blue Emu is known for quality and innovation. And Blue Emu is one of the few muscle and joint brands that is 100% owned, distributed, and manufactured in the USA. For Hall of Fame relief, reach for Blue Emu. Works fast and you won't stink. The official pain relief cream of NASCAR. Are you ready? To help children forget about their serious medical conditions so they can just be a kid. Then support Victory Junction, which is the dream of late race driver Adam Petty, who wanted to build a camp where children concentrate on fun and laughter, not illness or disability. At Victory Junction, kids enjoy zip lining, horseback riding, swimming, fishing, all in a medically safe environment, all at no cost to the camper. What do you say, Richard Petty? Let's do this. Learn more at victoryjunction.org. Matt Kenseth joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 
When you're on the go, missing the side-by-side action at the racetrack isn't a problem. Here comes Logano on the high side. He drives it deep into turn number two. Motor Racing Network brings the NASCAR race to you, wherever you are, so you don't miss one lap of the excitement. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. You are the man, D.H. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. Hey guys, this is Corey LaJoy. Join me and my two friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Mott, on Sunday Money. Every week as we talk a little NASCAR racing, a little nonsense, but mostly bicker with each other. I had a Super Bowl party and neither of you showed up. (laughs) We get along okay sometimes. Yeah. I say it's 50-50. I think the hairspray just seeps through his cranium into his brain. (sighs) Throws off his... I'm regretting being here. No topic is off limits, so come join our conversation every week on Sunday Money. Right here on the Motor Racing Network or wherever you find your podcast. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. On Sunday, Matt Kenseth returned to racing with a 10th place finish with Chip Ganassi Racing in the number 42 car in the Cup Series. On Monday, he spoke with members of the media about his first race back and what it was like. I'd say, by, honestly, by the second or third lap, I, I felt pretty good. I felt pretty comfortable. I felt pretty aware of my surroundings and uh, was able to race a lot of the cars around me. And, and even in that, that first segment, make a few passes with some competitive cars and, and, and really felt pretty good. So just the part about the racetrack, it didn't take me long to feel feel comfortable or at home or, or like I really haven't had any time off. That part didn't really... Uh, didn't really take very long and you know a big part of that like I said is having a good driving good driving race car so um you know that that part where I, I really wasn't uncomfortable at all by the time we got done with the second restart. Matt also spoke about his expectations moving forward. Expectations are a tricky thing um you know all I can say is that you know I, I expected us to be competitive I don't know how long uh, that's going to take for me to be at my best necessarily and um you know, you never know how you're going to run week to week. Um, ironically, this is super, super random, and I usually never make, like, you know, predictions or, you know, where you're going to finish or whatever. My kids were talking to me last week, and, and Kaylin was kind of grilling me about where she thought we are going to finish and how we are going to run. And I don't know why, but I just had, like, 12th in my head. And uh, she asked two other people that separately last week when they were talking, and everybody had 12th. So, um, and, and I would have been, been pretty happy with being 12th my first day. So to finish 10th was, uh, I thought was, was really, really good. Top 10s, uh, no matter what, you're doing it every week with the best team, whatever you're doing, top 10s are, are, are not easy to come by. So to get one um, in our first day and for Kurt to go out there and run third, I thought that was a, a big success for, uh, for the whole organization. That's Matt Kenseth coming up on NASCAR Live. We'll have a NASCAR Live Fast Forum with Alex Hayden and Jeff Striegel. And later, Ryan Newman joins us. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR local, regional, and international racing. Grassroots racing. From the short tracks of America to the road courses of Europe and Mexico. 
I'm Kyle Rickey. Join Hannah Newhouse and me for NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan and Hercules Tires. Each week on the Motor Racing Network, we'll talk with the race winners, newsmakers, and grassroots racing personalities. NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network. We'll talk about NASCAR's return to action with a NASCAR Live Fast Forum next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. With the 2020 season heating up, NASCAR Today brings you the latest between the races. You know, I see guys throwing double and triple blocks in practice, and I'm just mind-boggled. Like, why would you, what are you doing? Every weekday, you'll hear from the top drivers on the biggest stories in the sport. Good way to hit the reset button, for sure. Join me, Woody Kane, right here every Monday through Friday to get the best and latest on NASCAR Today. This is Bubba Wallace. Catch NASCAR Today right here every weekday. Wing Sprint Cars. That's what we talk about on Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tires. I'm Steve Post. Join Aaron Everham and me Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time as we talk with race winners and newsmakers from dirt tracks across America. From the world of outlaws to your local track, we cover the greatest show on dirt. Join us live Tuesday on Facebook Live or wingnation.com or catch our Tuesday and Thursday podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast provider. Wing Nation, your home for Wing Sprint Car Talk. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. We are so glad you're with us, and we're so glad to be joined by the anchors of the Motor Racing Network, Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden joining us. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Hello, Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you? Uh, Doing fantastic. Alex, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, over the weekend at Darlington, uh, we got back to racing in the Real Heroes 400. Uh, you shared the booth on Sunday with Dave Moody. Can you give the listeners a little inside behind-the-scenes sneak peek what it was like driving to the racetrack day of instead of the hotel, getting there, and all that you went through before we hit the air on Sunday? Yeah, you know, from where I live up on the coast of North Carolina, it's about an hour, 45-minute drive straight down Interstate 95. And and it was, it was I guess, nervous type of drive down because I wasn't sure what to expect. I had in my mind what it was going to be like when I finally saw the the big grandstands of the Darlington Raceway just off of the the two-lane road there and pull up beside the the famous Raceway Grill right outside the track where we all like to go and dine and the race fans and competitors. And when I finally got there, I wasn't prepared, uh, at least what I thought I was going to be. There were no cars other than just some general traffic, uh, but no campers, no tents, no campfire smoke in the air just kind of hovering like a haze and you pull onto the property you get stopped by the medical professionals and they do the temperature scan and a couple of quick questions and you get approved you move on and no midway and obviously working in the booth we we parked right uh, behind the main grandstands there was no midway set up where all the vendors are and and, uh, the souvenir trailers that was surreal. There's just nothing, just the, the, the asphalt slab out there. Park literally right behind the grandstands and uh, jump on the elevator or take the stairs. I opted for the stairs because I'm trying to at least be somewhat healthy. And uh, took the <laughs> stairs up, and, and the race itself, once we took the green flag, it, it was business as usual. We're focused on what's going on on the racetrack. During commercial breaks, sure, we look around and we kind of just talk a little bit about how unusual it was not seeing any fans and seeing all the green grass in the infield that's normally occupied by campers and tents. Uh, but the biggest thing is 
is once Kevin Harvick won the race and he stopped his race car on the start-finish line to normally do uh, a checkered flag get from Shannon Bednarik, our, our, our flag person yesterday, and, and you normally hear the, the crowd screaming and hollering and fans gathering around to get a, a close-up look at Kevin Harvick as he gets out of the race car at the start-finish line. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Uh, obviously, our friends at Fox did their interview on, on the Victory Lane uh, quote-unquote stage at the start-finish line. We did it as the Motor Racing Network in the same spot. And literally, you could hear birds chirping. They were, it, was, it was silent, not, not a sound, not a cheer, nothing. And that's when it really just smacked me in the face hard that this is different, and it's very, very unusual and it made me miss it even more. I miss the race fans, and I cannot wait till we can open these gates back up. Yeah, that was a, a similar takeaway I had, Alex. I obviously listened from afar on MRN and watched. Uh, thank you to our brothers and sisters at, at the, uh, NASCAR on Fox. Jeff, and I, I assume that you had the same experience I did. It was, it was, it was weird that you, know, you and I are used to being there, so we're watching and listening from afar. But when they did the overhead shots, not seeing the fans, it's amazing how much the fans bring to a race weekend. And we obviously, all of us, miss them not being there yesterday in Darlington. Yeah, we sure do, Mike. Uh, I miss being there. You miss being there. Winston Kelly missed it. But, you know, before we talk about the fans, I think you touched on something. You were listening to the Motor Racing Network. You were watching NASCAR on Fox. And I said it in a tweet yesterday, and I'm going to say it, you know, right now. How proud, and I think I speak for you too, Mike, how proud we are of our sport today, uh, watching the competitors, watching NASCAR, watch or listening to our brothers and sisters, if you will, with the Motor Racing Network. Alex and Dave did an amazing job along with the rest of the team. Uh, Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon did a great job bringing uh, the pictures to life and what amazing pictures we saw. And I really think that what Alex touched on, and you referenced it as well, Mike, is once the green flag came out, we were racing. Unless you took a shot of the grandstands, it it was business as usual right up until Kevin Harvick got out and kind of looked around and just said, man, this is – I didn't realize it would hit me like it did, and that's not a quote, but that was certainly what he was feeling. So, you know, I echo what you said, Mike, and what Alex said. NASCAR is not NASCAR without the fans. But right now, what we got yesterday or, or uh, you know, watching the race, spectacular. It was indeed. And at the end of the day, we're talking about Kevin Harvick going to victory lane. Even though there were 10 weeks of, uh, of downtime, Alex, it would, uh, it, it would appear that you know, Rodney Childers and Kevin Harvick didn't miss a beat. Stuart Haas Racing didn't miss a beat while they weren't necessarily setting the world on fire in the front part of the race. They did in the back half of the race. Yeah, they proved what they did in the opening four races of the year. They were the only team coming into Sunday's race at Darlington that had a top 10 finish in all of four of the races prior. So we knew that they had competitive uh, Ford Mustangs. We knew that they were running towards the front of the field in every single race. They had just yet to break into victory lane here in 2020, and it was only a matter of time. You can't be that consistent at the front of the field without finding victory lane. We knew they were good enough, and by the time we got to about the three-quarter of the race mark Sunday, we realized Harvick had a good enough car. And and I got to tell you, one of the things that really jumped out at me, and and this is something that's been, uh, I guess you can say, a bit of a hiccup for the four team is 
occasionally they'll have bad pit stops. Occasionally they'll give up track position on pit road. Uh, and Kevin Harvick has been very outspoken about that in the past. His team has responded for that, and they've done a nice job uh, rallying around that. But yesterday they had a couple of pit stops where they gave up positions. One in particular, uh, they came in as the leader and came out eight. So I was wondering. That's something I was watching. How How is this team going to respond? Uh, because we were well into the event when that took place. Harvick was able to get four positions back on the racetrack under green, they come back to pit road on another caution, and the team gains them a couple of spots. So to me, the, the team aspect really uh, was shining brightly for Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers and that entire race team because Harvick obviously did a masterful job on the racetrack itself. But the pit crew, while they stubbed their toe once or twice, they rallied and they got positions back when they needed it. So it, it was nice to see a good, solid team effort across the board. Well, we had a good, solid team effort going for Jimmy Johnson, Jeff, and that ended uh, on the final lap of Stage 1 in in an odd circumstance, coming out of 2 and colliding with a lap car, spinning out. Were you like me that you thought the 48 had something for him at Darlington? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the best organization on the property was Rick Hendrick and his four teams. But what did they come away with to show for it? You know, I thought that William Byron was going to be very good. His day ended early. Let's go back and talk about Jimmy Johnson. Just, I mean, it was heartbreak. Um, I appreciated his interview on TV where he took responsibility. At the time, I just, Mike, I looked at it, and I'm like, Jimmy, what was that? You know, and they showed it over and over, and every single time they showed it, I had the same response. Jimmy, what was that? <laughs> you know, coming to the checkered flag, no need to press the issue. You've got a sizable cushion over second. You're going to get the stage win. You've got a very fast race car. And, oh, by the way, you haven't won in a while? Take your time. Show some patience. I, I hated it for him. I hated it for Jimmy Johnson fans. And I really felt this way, Mike. And, and I don't know if you agree or not. I think NASCAR fans as a whole thought, oh, my gosh, that's awful even those that don't really care for Jimmy Johnson, just because I think it was good to see Jimmy up front with a car that was certainly capable of winning. MRN.com, your destination for the full field rundown from the My Real Heroes 400. Starting lineups, rundowns, news stories, fantasy. We've got, we've got you covered there at MRN.com. Jeff, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Can't wait to uh, get back to the racetrack when all of us can go and we can be one big happy family yet again. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Miss you guys at the racetrack and, and can't wait to not only have you guys, but all the race fans back at the racetrack where we all belong. Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, more coming up on NASCAR Live. Times have been tough lately. Fridays feel like Mondays. Weekends like weekdays. But soon, that will change, because soon, we will have race day, a day to be thankful for those off the track while we root together for our drivers on it, a day when the red flag is lifted and the green flag flies again, a day that is just the beginning. NASCAR is back. The NASCAR Cup Series on Fox and FS1, brought to you by Xfinity. 
For five decades, the Motor Racing Network has been the voice of NASCAR. And now, it's time to tell our story. They are in turn two in front of Mike Joy. With help from some of the sport's iconic voices. Oh, crap, and I spin around. Here comes Richard Petty. I'm Fred Armstrong. Join me for MRN's newest podcast series. MRN presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. Available for download on MRN.com. And wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ryan Newman of Roush Fenway Racing joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The NASCAR season is back. Hi, this is Alex Hayden. We're headed back to the racetrack, and while fans won't be with us in person, the Motor Racing Network is setting up a virtual tailgate party. Tweet us pictures or videos of your race day setup. Use the hashtag NASCAR tailgate. We want to hear from you. Find us on Twitter at MRN Radio. Use the hashtag NASCAR tailgate. We may feature your tailgate on an upcoming MRN program. Be a part of NASCAR's tailgate party on the Motor Racing Network. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. This is NASCAR Live. Does anybody have anything left for the race leader, Ryan Newman, all turn four? Checkered flag is waving at the start-finish line. Who will get here first? Newman down. Oh, he's going to get turned. Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin across the line. Denny Hamlin will go back-to-back. Newman flipping across the start-finish line. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded in the 2020 Daytona 500 as we welcome you back to NASCAR Live. Wow, what an amazing finish to that race with a horrifying crash that Ryan Newman experienced coming across the start-finish line in the Daytona 500. Recently, our Woody Kane had a chance to chat with Ryan about that day and a whole lot more in this NASCAR Live exclusive. Ryan, I guess there are probably not a sweeter sentence you have heard in a while than going racing. You have to be more than even the other guys, I guess, chomping at the bit to get back at it, don't you? Well, I am, uh, yeah, and... and, and multiple ways like you said um i've i've been waiting to uh to race for a while and um that's separate of the virus situation so um you know it's a great opportunity for us i know as a whole the racing world has collectively got together uh even the short track world has got together to uh to um you know put some shows on and and make a difference and and give something for our fans to reconnect with as we have gone through this two months of world shutdown. Let's back up a little bit further. Everybody has seen by now your your terrible crash at Daytona, but I don't know if you know this or not. I was looking around and there is actually a Ryan Newman YouTube crash compilation. So I went back and thought, nope, that one's not nearly as bad. Nope, that one's not nearly as close. How much did this one hurt compared to some of them that you've been through? Because anybody who's been in this a while has had some bad crashes. Yeah, this one hurt so bad I don't remember it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I got I got knocked uh, knocked out, um, and uh, somebody hit the delete button on my uh, on my uh, memory card. So I, uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but at the same time, it is fortunate because um, I don't think it's something I necessarily do want to remember. And I think God um, 
or whoever controls that part of the world as far as not remembering certain things um, did that to protect me and, and, and always give me the opportunity to remember the good things of what I do and enjoy in racing and not always the bad things. You've uh, had some where you've gotten on your lid at super speedways. I saw one that looked just really painful at Watkins Glen several years ago. How sore were you after the fact compared to some of those other incidents? Um, my left shoulder was really sore. I think I took a pretty good shot on the left side of my body from, from Corey's car. Um, so that, that, that hurt for quite a while. Um, and it hurt more so than anything I had uh, head trauma wise. Like I, I literally felt fine in the head. I just had a, a, a sore collarbone and no broken bones, but just um, was kind of beat up and um, felt like I was fully capable of racing. Um, but obviously the world shut down and that gave me some more time to heal. I guess there is a bright side to everything if you look hard enough, but it seems like more and more NASCAR is using the data and input from other drivers and teams to move the safety situation forward. And I'm sure that they've done that with you. Is that correct? To talk to you about what happened? Yeah, I've had more conversations after this crash than I have probably collectively over the last 18 years, 19 years together about the safety of our sport. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy they're being proactive about it. Um, some of it's reactive, but they're also being proactive for the future uh, you know, by adding bars and talking about different things we could do with our window nets. And um, for me personally, the, some of the things we can do with the, the safety crew and and um, what difference we can make with the testing processes to uh, have a better understanding of uh, where you stand um, with with your prior life and your health um, before you ever turn a lap to start a season like I did in Daytona. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's been good. Um, unfortunately, it comes from a bad situation, but at the same time, I have the opportunity to make good of that bad situation. NASCAR has granted you a playoff exemption despite missing the races, and that's happened before when guys have been injured. But how confident are you that the 16 can make the playoffs again? Well, we proved in Daytona that we were capable, if capable, if not real close to winning, um, and we have plenty of opportunities to do that. I mean, the virus played to my favor uh, with having more time to heal, uh, but I still did miss you know several races, so I feel like I. I um, have the opportunity uh, mathematically and um, I'm thankful that NASCAR granted us that waiver as I felt like that it would be of their best interest as well. But uh, at the same time, um, got to go out there and perform and um, have some fun in performing. Hopefully if we can't point our way in, uh, we can win our way in and then point our way in. A lot of you guys, when you came up in the racing world, started off in the late model arena and moving up to where you would race several times a week. It looks like that's what the schedule is going to play out like here as NASCAR tries to get back on track and get the schedule back on track. Is that something that uh, concerns you at all, or is it just the adrenaline's going to let you push right through it? Because typically guys say it takes a couple of days to stop being sore after a really physical race. <laughs> uh, no, I think there's a lot of us, not every one of us, but there's a lot of us that carry the... Uh, bumper sticker on our cars that says have helmet will race and um, I'm ready and I'll be ready on well, Sunday and I'll be ready on Wednesday and if we raced on Thursday morning I'd be ready again then too um, it's just it's just um, I mean obviously if you get in an accident and you're sore that's one thing but um, the adrenaline is an amazing thing that you go through when you compete in a sport like this and it uh, it'll take care of us I saw during the, the shutdown or lockout, whatever you want to call it, while we've all been waiting for this moment to, to finally come upon us, you got some fishing in, you got some time with the girls in. Have you done some things that you didn't think you would ever find yourself doing while we were in this shutdown situation? 
Uh, cooking a lot more food. I can tell you that's a fact. <laughs> I've, uh, I've what's had to your, your go-to recipe? Uh, my good, my really burgers on the grill. I've, yeah. I, I've got my own uh, beef cows, so uh, burgers on the grill are an easy thing to do, and uh, the kids definitely enjoy homemade French fries. Um, my uh, my mom's mom, my grandma, taught me how to make French fries when I was a kid. And for some reason, I've uh, I've mastered it the last few months here. So um, I I really just I have enjoyed a lot of time with my kids. I have enjoyed a lot of time at the farm working on some old cars and things like that. But uh, definitely still miss um, what was normal, the racing life. And, and um, you know, we will, I'm hoping at some point, get back to that uh, full green flag, not just a uh, caution flag. Can you tell me grandma's French fry secret or would you have to kill me? Oh, it's easy. It's it's just a matter of of uh, being, um, it's like anything else when you cook. You gotta, you gotta prepare it right and cook it right. And, I use uh, russet russet uh, potatoes. Uh, it's the way I slice them. It just makes my style of French fry. It's not a steak fry. It's not a not a shoestring fry. And then uh, I use Mozzola corn oil, um, mostly because I got it for free. But it does cook really well. And um, uh, just just cook them in a. Uh, actually, I use a um, a turkey fryer, and uh, pull them out with a basket, and then uh, that's it. I mean, it's it's just a matter of having the right temperature, uh, which I couldn't even tell you. I don't use a thermometer. I, um, I drop a french fry in, check the temperature. If it bubbles, they're ready, and I let her eat. Learn by doing. That's exactly right. I got to ask you, you mentioned the animals. What's new at the rescue ranch? How are things going there? I, I saw a lot of social media. It seems like a lot of folks are helping out as best they can uh, during this time. Yeah, we've done a few videos and raised some awareness. You know, we, it was really tough for us because it is a social activity to come out and, and have educational classes and groups at the ranch. So, um, you know, having all those things shut down, but yet the overhead and the responsibility of feeding the animals and not having the, uh, the income as we had planned uh, was tough. So uh, we appreciate everybody's support and we'll always appreciate their support as much as they can uh, help uh, in many ways. Uh, come out and see what we do and if you can contribute, we appreciate that. Um, but it's all about animal education and, and kids to, uh, uh, which obviously has changed as schooling has changed but to, um, to eventually have it back open up for birthday parties and summer camps and things like that. We look forward to that opportunity. Well, Ryan, uh, it's great to have you back. Good to see you're smiling again and get ready to get back in the race car and uh, continued success and good luck here as we get really, really busy over the next month or so. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Woody. In his first race back on Sunday, Newman finished in the 15th position. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll have this week's two with Rusty and later, 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So, um, have you noticed how everyone's grammar is completely awful now? Like, you know, the texting and the LOLs. Whatever happened to punctuation? I mean, drivers who switch to Progressive can save big... Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. We've got another two with Rusty next. 
This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Wherever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. You can count on Hercules Tires to have your back when times are tough, all while adding money to your pocket. The purchase of four qualifying Hercules Tires through May 31st, 2020 could get you up to a $70 Visa prepaid card. Visit HerculesTire.com slash spring rebate to learn more. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Our uh, easy top 10 car. Before you dive into the race weekend, get up to speed with MRN Out Loud. That is what makes an extraordinary team. I'm Woody Kane, inviting you to join me every Thursday as we talk to NASCAR drivers and crew chiefs about the coming weekend's race. There's a lot that we've been working on. And let you know when and where to hear MRN's coverage from the track. It's one of the older race surfaces we go to. Gear up for the race when you catch MRN Out Loud streaming every Thursday at MRN.com or wherever great podcasts are found. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks again for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. It's time to turn the show over to NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace with this week's Two with Rusty. Rusty Wallace going back to victory lane of Martinsville. How well do you know NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace? Rusty Wallace is the 1989 Winston Cup champion. An unfiltered, unbiased opinion on topics that burn in NASCAR nation. Man, if I would have done that back then, I'd have blew a lot of stuff up. I'd have had problems, you know. (laughs) From the ever-changing landscape of the sport to random facts about the NASCAR Hall of Famer. I'm not a good golfer at all. (laughs) It's two with Rusty, only on the Motor Racing Network. All right, Rusty, let's get to it. This is going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? I already know the answer to this question. It comes to us from Beth in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, perhaps just a little bit lighthearted might give us a chuckle in these difficult times we're going through right now. Rusty Wallace, have you ever gone this long without getting a haircut? (laughs) No, I have not. I have not. Although I will tell you, that's a great question. I got one of these clippers at home and... The other day, I was kind of trimming the side of my sideburns because I wear these doggone reading glasses now, and every time I put my glasses on, it sticks my hair all out. And so I was trimming the side of my hair and kind of cutting myself. But I can't wait that uh, my uh, hairstylist or barber or whatever you want to call it, she's a lady, uh, can can cut my hair. I'm looking forward to that one. At least get it back in shape. You know, I know uh, we're on radio, and so you really don't generally see my hair, but uh, – <laughs> I see it when I get ready in the morning to go to the track, and I don't like the way it looks sometimes. I saw your hair for the very first time back in, I think it was the mid-80s. You brought your ASA car to Michigan, to the Berlin Raceway. You unloaded, popped out of the, out of the hauler there, and everybody got a chance to see that, uh, you know, that hair that was all over the place. Was that kind of your thing, if you will, when you transitioned out of ASA and into NASCAR? Well, for everybody listening to Jeff right now, my hair used to look like a basketball. It was so big and so round, and there really wasn't a stylist thing going on back then. It was just, uh, hey, just make sure it'll fit the helmet because I got to race this week. But, oh, my gosh, I used to have hair that was gigantic. It was almost a foot in diameter, real super curly. I got that curly stuff from my mom, actually. She's got real curly hair, too. But, um yeah, oh my gosh, I got a lot of laughs at that. And when I made it to NASCAR and I left the short tracks of America 
and got it down in the NASCAR land. And I started driving for Penske. The first thing he did, he looked me in the eye one day and he said, you wouldn't mind if we cut your hair, do we? <laughs> Would you? I said, no, sir, whatever it takes. I just, I'm just so excited to make it to NASCAR. He said, well, let's give you a haircut. So, uh, but when I drove for the Gatorade guys back in the early days in NASCAR, they never said a word. I just kind of figured out that I had to kind of get it a little bit under control. But the time that I drove for Penske, he was on me. He said, hey, cut that hair. <laughs> All right. So if you could, not saying you could, but if you could, would you go back to it? Would I go back to it? I've had people try to talk me into that, you know? I mean, to go back and have that curly, big old haircut. I think at my age right now, it might look kind of funny, but... Uh, uh, you guys probably all know Boris said, I mean, the, the, the road course driver of my hair looked almost identical to Boris said, I mean, it was really, really big out there. And a lot of people thought it was kind of cool, but uh, I don't know if I trust it. I don't know if I would trust going back to that radical of a haircut back then. I just didn't know any better. I wasn't trying to have some style or nothing like that. I was just busy, man. I was cranking on those race cars and, you know, having my hair perfect wasn't a big deal. You know, it reminds me of a rock and roller. And this is kind of a segue into our second question that comes to us from Dave in Nashville, Tennessee. Going to take you back again, all the way back to 1985. You recorded a song for the World Series of Country Music Record, Stock Car Racing's Entertainer of the Year, where multiple drivers during that time were featured on the album. Do you remember putting that thing together? How did it come about? Uh, and did you? I would imagine you had a great time doing it. I actually remember that thing really good. Let's see, how's it go? I grew up in St. Louis. Carolina is now my home. My pride's my wife and children and the trophies that I own. That's the only part I remember. <laughs> but uh, I do remember that. And we had a great time. We weren't too good as singers, that's for sure. But I remember that lyric. How'd that thing ever come together? Do you recall? Uh, you know, I don't remember how, who the lead guy was that brought it together. Kyle Petty remembers that. I was watching a thing on him the other day, and he was talking about that day. Uh, but I do one thing I do remember is they chose a writer for each driver, and the writer came hung out with us and said, tell me your life story. Tell me everything you've done. I said, well, I grew up in St. Louis. I always wanted to be a race driver. And uh, then I got married, and then I started winning some short track races. And so he's listening to all this stuff he's interviewed, and he put the song together. I grew up in St. Louis, Carolina now is my home. My pride's my wife and children and the trophies that I own. So it goes on and on like that. But you can tell how he can interview you and start building them, uh, the song with those, uh, with those words off that interview. And so I think that's what he did with all the drivers. And that's how their, their songs were put together by their upbringing and what, how their life went. It wasn't just dreaming of something random. It was actually all about them and it was their story turned into a song. Uh, they, they put an album out. It was fun. We laughed about it. I think we did one appearance where we, we, they made us go up on stage and sing the song to the people listening. And how I got through that with remembering the words, I have no idea. But there's some of those words that just stick in your head. And that was just one of them for me. All right, let's close with this one, then. We'll stay on that musical theme. Your favorite musical artist, who would it be? Oh, man, I'm going way back on you right now. That's a good one. And, uh, you know, I don't care what people think, but I was the biggest doggone ZZ Top fan of my life. I loved uh, the fuzzy guitar. I loved the long beard. And I loved the really cool cars they had. They had some of the coolest hot rods there ever was. So, And, and when I first started driving for Raymond Beetle in, in the famous number 27 car, he was really, really good friends with the guys from ZZ Top, in particular Billy Gibbons. And uh, Raymond would take us to some ZZ Top concerts every now and then. And that's how I got to be 
such big uh, ZZ Top fans. Excellent. NASCAR Hall of Famer, Rusty Wallace. Thank you, Rusty. Thank you. To ask a question for upcoming Two with Rusty segments, join the conversation on Twitter at MRN Radio using the hashtag AskMRN. If you'd like to call in a question, my question was for Rusty Wallace. Use the MRN hotline at 1 844 4AskMRN. Just want to ask Rusty on the days back when he was driving the Kodiak car. It's Two with Rusty, only on the Motor Racing Network. Straight ahead, we've got 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson and this week in NASCAR history. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Seven-point reinforced nylon harness. Check. Carbon fiber head and neck restraint. Check. Thermoplastic nylon window webbing. Check. NASCAR uses innovative technology to protect their drivers. Shouldn't you do the same to protect your Wi-Fi network? With Xfinity XFi Advanced Security, your XFi Gateway safeguards all the devices on your home network. So if it's connected, it's protected. Wi-Fi security? Check. Xfinity, official partner of NASCAR. Visit Xfinity.com to learn more. This is MRN's Mike Bagley, and your eNASCAR iRacing race day is about to get more exciting. Finish Line, the preeminent free-to-play NASCAR game, is live and free to download for Apple and Android devices. Completely free to play, Finish Line gives you a chance to win or share our $5,000 weekly jackpot. The eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series is revving up, so get the app and make your picks. Download the Finish Line app today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Each race day is a new chance to win $5,000. Will you be next? It's 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson scores his first win at the Darlington Raceway. Three-time Darlington winner Jimmy Johnson remembers the first time watching a race at the track too tough to tame. The first race I saw from here was an old IROC race um, before I really watched a cup race. And I also remember coming here um, trying to find a job in, in the Nationwide Series and watched, it was a Ted Musgrave? Had a, had a, I think he won potentially. Or had a shot at winning. It was a really exciting race. He was in like the 16, I believe. So it was, it was a long time ago. Um, but I, I just remember coming here and the, the track that I watched on television looked exciting. And I came in person and watched. And it was so much more than, than what television could do for it. You know, TV does an awesome job. It's just this track is so narrow and so different and the speeds are so high for such a small racing groove that you know it left an impression in my mind and, and watching cars run through one and two i guess it was three and four back then um up on the fence it was mind-boggling to me and then when i had a chance to run salem indiana you would run in the asa series we would run up near the wall in three and four there and in my mind i'm like if i ever get to darlington this is what it's got to be like i'm getting experience for darlington and came here and and had uh didn't win in the nationwide series but struggled a lot less than other rookies coming here and i think that running at at salem helped and then also my off-road background and how abrasive the track was and rough and different um you know it's one of the things driving on the dirt you have to adjust all the time your cars or truck in my in my case is never perfect and grip level is always changing and i think that experience helped me come here and and get a feel for this place quicker than some others this has been 48 stories with jimmy johnson we're about to throw the checkered flag on this week's nascar live but before we do let's turn back the clock for this week in nascar history with Susie armstrong 
Thanks, Mike. This week, 1981 is the starting point for this time expedition. The music world saw Kim Carnes ride atop Billboard's Hot 100 for nine non-consecutive weeks with the international smash hit Betty Davis Eyes. Second City television producers gave it another go as SCTV Network 90 debuted on NBC. And Jody Ridley gave it all he had, claiming his one and only Cup Series victory in the Mason-Dixon 500 at Dover International Speedway. Well, the driver from Chatsworth, Georgia, works his way, takes a little more room now, inches away from that outside retaining wall just a bit. Easy line to turn three, looking for the checker. Jody Ridley takes a good line, brings it down to the bottom of the racetrack, comes out of the throttle a little bit, slows up as he comes off that fourth corner. Harold Kinder with a checkered flag, puts it on him, and Jody Ridley wins his first Grand National Winston Cup race. 1987, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers had nowhere to go but number one with the underrated radio hit, Jammin' Me. The city of New York was less than enthusiastic upon the return of the infamous garbage barge loaded with 3,200 tons of Big Apple refuse. Fans of Hill Street Blues mourned as the groundbreaking series ended a seven-season run on NBC. And the superstars of NASCAR took roll call at Charlotte Motor Speedway with Bill Elliott and the late Dale Earnhardt lining up for a heated duel in the Winston. Earnhardt is using every inch of racetrack, and Elliott gets together with it. Earnhardt goes off in the grass, brings the car back onto the speedway, and keeps it in a straight line and holds onto the lead. Unbelievable. In 1985, it was Waltrip. Last year, Elliott, the third running of the Winston. It's Earnhardt by two car lengths over Terry Labonte. Tim Richmond finishes third. 2003, the Matrix reloaded blasted box office records in a blockbuster opening weekend. Carlos Santana and Michelle Branch cozied up for a little bit of this and a little bit of that with the hit, The Game of Love. And Jimmy Johnson won himself a little bit of dough with his first victory in the NASCAR Sprint All-Star Race at Charlotte. And the horses one more time down the back straightaway with a commanding lead down in three and four. Another day at the office right now. Just another lap, just like it has been, right to the bottom white line and off of four, heading to victory. Jimmy Johnson's first run of the Winston was last year. He finished fifth in 2003. His second Winston, he's a millionaire, winning here at the Lowe's Motor Speedway in the Lowe's Chevrolet. Jimmy Johnson wins the Winston. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. And our thanks also go to Ryan Newman for joining us along with Matt Kenseth. We'd also like to thank Alex Hayden and Jeff Striegel. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, stay safe, and so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrion, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Culbrit. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area.
Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. 